text of the prophecy concerning our Lord Jesus Christ and John the Baptist, who is also uh, foretold about in chapter 1, if we were to back up into that chapter. And a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. The real name of Caesar Augustus is Octavius. And he was related to Julius Caesar, the adopted son of Julius Caesar, a primary heir. And so his new name is Caesar Augustus. Caesar, named after Julius Caesar, and Augustus, meaning exalted one. Exalted one, Augustus. And so you can see the irony there. The Lord Jesus Christ, born in humility, soon to be exalted. And this one who is proclaiming himself, Caesar Augustus, the exalted one. That all the world should be registered. And this is a census of enrollment, primarily for the Roman military. Previously to this, the uh, Jewish people, Jewish citizens were not eligible for Roman military. But through the census, they would then have a calculation of the number of people. And Jewish men would be enrolled in the Roman army. And then later on, it was also used for taxation purposes to increase the wealth of the Roman uh, government as well. So that is the registration. And we can see in verse 2 that this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And we know from secular history, piecing together a bunch of different stories, it is a bit of a puzzle. But as we look at that, we see that this would be calculated around 4 to 6 BC. So the Lord Jesus Christ was not born at 0 AD. If you thought that before, then and I'm sorry to ruin that for you, even though we calculate uh, with our, we date our calendars uh, by that date of zero, but he was actually born between 4 and 6 BC. When exactly, we don't know. It was probably not December 25th. We can be guaranteed of that, but uh, that is the day that we choose to celebrate that. So, in verse 3, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And that is the place of family origin. And this is really, really interesting as we look on here into verse 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. So that's around a 150-kilometer journey with a pregnant wife, or betrothed wife, which we'll get to that uh, term in a second here because he was of the house and lineage of David. So King David, Joseph, and then Jesus, all born in Bethlehem to fulfill the prophecy foretold in Micah 5 and verse 2. And it's very interesting because we look back and we see that, that uh, Jesus' parents, Joseph and Mary, are not in the place where Jesus has to be born to fulfill that prophecy. What does God do? He uses Caesar Augustus to call for this census to be able to move Mary and Joseph down where they need to be. So even this governor is in the hands of God and being moved and shaped to be able to fulfill all of these amazing things that we see in these narratives concerning the birth of our Lord. And we should be reminded that God is the governor of all things. We might have secular governments. Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ is the true governor of all things. And we will look at that tomorrow morning in Isaiah chapter 9. The governments will rest upon his shoulders. And then we see here, to be registered with Mary, verse 5, his betrothed, uh, his betrothed who was with child. So he's pledged to be married to Mary, but they're not married yet. And so this betrothal is like an engagement period. And it could last up to a year. And sometimes the couple wouldn't even see each other during this time. 
Could you imagine that? Being in love with someone, wanting to get on with your life and relationship, and not even being able to see them as much as you would like to. And verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Mary did have more children after that. We can read about that in the New Testament. Mary had more children. She was not always the Virgin Mary. After this, Jesus had brothers and he had sisters. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Now these are strips of cloth that they would wrap the baby very, very tightly in. Obviously, it would keep the baby warm. But another purpose was to give the child strength and stamina. Because of the resistance of the cloth, they would struggle within it. And their arms and legs would grow stronger as they struggled through that. And laid him in a manger. That's a feeding trough. Laid him in a feeding trough. And this is where some get the notion that Christ was born in a stable, though we don't see that stated anywhere in the Scriptures. And some think perhaps it was in a cave somewhere, and it was a a cave that was also used for animals, and that's why they had the feeding trough in there. Because there was no place for them in the inn. Now sometimes this innkeeper gets a bit of a bad rap and you can remember children uh, Christmas concerts where he's slamming the door on them and he's angry and that might not be the case. There is the census, the, the population of Bethlehem has increased greatly during this time and so it's just a simple fact that there was no room at this inn or perhaps any other and Mary is about to give birth and Christ is coming and so they have to give birth in this unusual manner, in this unusual place. And so that is the account that we see here in Luke. We read earlier the account from Matthew and a number of different things, but a couple of different meditations that I want to leave with you this Christmas Eve in terms of what we read here. And one is that life is full of interruptions. We might have particular plans and ideas those might not exactly coincide with the Lord's plans and ideas. And we see that taking place throughout the narratives concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and the birth. We see God interjecting into the lives of people continually. They have plans and ideas. Joseph wants to get married. All of a sudden, Mary shows up and she's pregnant. His plan is to divorce her. He's spoken to in a dream. He doesn't put her away, as the Scriptures say. He stays with her. He cares for her. He tends to her. But sometimes our plans and the Lord's plans are quite different. And all through the narratives, we see God interrupting the lives of people. We saw that with Elizabeth and Zechariah in one of our readings. And we see that back in Luke chapter 1. And they were both righteous before God. This is verse 6 of chapter 1 in the book of Luke. They were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child. They had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Old, barren, given up the hope long ago of ever having a child. And God interrupts. God intervenes. God has a plan. The blessing God was withholding all of those years, all of a sudden the time had come. The birth of John the Baptist. God intervenes. The angel angel Gabriel announces words that will be fulfilled in their time. In their time. In God's time. And so we need to rest and trust that God's time is the best time. They would be the parents of John the Baptist who would, of course, prepare the way of the Lord. 
And then we see Mary and Joseph. They had a lot of interruptions in their life during this period, didn't they? Many, many different interruptions. Joseph just wants to begin a new life with his new wife. And God interrupts that plan in a very miraculous way, in a supernatural way that brings great blessing not only to them, but to all nations, every nation, tribe, and tongue. The Lord has another plan for them. And all of a sudden she's pregnant, and not by him. And he's told to go here and to go there in multiple dreams. And what does he do? Say, no way, I'm not going to Egypt. No way, I'm not doing this or that. I'm going back to my old life. I'm getting rid of this lady. It's too much trouble. I'm going on my way. No, he submits to the plan of God. And what an amazing person Joseph is in the narrative of our Lord. He doesn't speak a word. He doesn't speak a word in the narratives. He just obediently follows the plan that God has for him. Obediently follows along. And we don't see him again in the rest of the scriptures. We don't see him uh, unfolded, his life unfolded in the New Testament. He's off the scene. He probably died young. We see Mary in Acts chapter 1 in the upper room with some of Jesus' siblings. We don't see Joseph any longer, but yet God used him in a very incredible, miraculous way to protect Mary and to lead them along. He believed and he obeyed. Great, great lessons for us. And what about these shepherds? The shepherds are always fun to look at, aren't they? Amazing people. But in this time, we need to remember that shepherds weren't always looked upon in society as being good people. They were often thought of being thieves or rogues and troublemakers. And yet, God shows them mercy and shows them this wonderful, the angel comes to them, visits them, have the great words, and the angels or the, uh, the shepherds then follow along. The shepherds, they left for work that day, kissed their wife goodbye, and God interrupted. The mundane, God speaks into and interrupts them in a great, great way. Interrupts their work and the angel speaks to them and life would never be the same because they saw the angel. No, that would be amazing. But because they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, the angel introduced them and pointed them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the way that all of our interruptions in life should lead us. Everything, good, bad, sorrows, rejoicing, everything should lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ. In praise and prayer, all of these things should lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord intervenes in our lives in supernatural ways, and sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we miss what God is trying to do in our lives. Sometimes we don't like to wait. I can't imagine the pain of Elizabeth uh, being a reproach, the Scriptures say, amongst her people, because she was barren and now old, and had never had a child, and the pain that that brought her, and yet God interjects in a very amazing way. And for many of you, God has interjected in your lives as well. You are going along a particular path, a a particular plan and trajectory, and God interrupted that plan. God arrested you in your conscience and convicted you of your sins and you came to Christ in faith and repentance and life would never be the same. And now, all of those joys, all of those sorrows you go through, you have the King of Kings abiding within you to go along with you. New relationships, new jobs, new moves, 
marriages, births, deaths, sickness, joys and sorrows, God is with us through them all. Emmanuel, God with us. And so life's interruptions should always point us to Jesus Christ. And some people in their pain and in their sorrow turn away from the Lord. They grow bitter instead of growing closer to God. And the message of Christmas for us is that there is good news of great joy as the angel points us, pointed the shepherds to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see in Luke 2.11 that the angel of the Lord gives a summary of who Jesus is using three names for Jesus. Luke 2.11. And the first is Savior. That signifies, the name Jesus signifies Savior. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. In Matthew we read, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christ came to save us from our sins. Jesus, that was the name given to Mary by the angel Gabriel. That was the name given to Joseph in a dream. That was the name announced at his birth. And as we read in chapter 2, we see that he was circumcised on the eighth day with that name and title as well. Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is any want of conformity to or transgression of the law of God. We are all sinners by nature. We are all sinners by practice. And so the Lord Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins. And no matter who we are, who you are, no matter what you have done, if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, in what He has done for sinners, you will be saved. Call out to Him. You will be saved. And the second name we see is that Jesus is Christ, the Anointed One. And this name shows us that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. And so we see continued on in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. As a gift. The gift of salvation. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who came to save us from our sins. Christ was born that we might be born again by trusting in Him and His finished work. And then that third title we see here is that Jesus is Lord. And that's, that is, signifies power and authority. Lord, God Almighty. Jesus is Lord, the Lord of glory. And so life's interruption should point us to Jesus as our only hope in life and our only hope in death. The shepherds heard the angels singing and rejoicing and giving glory to God in the highest. And they responded the way that we should respond when we are pointed to Christ. And they said in verse 15, let us go. Let us go. They couldn't wait. And they went in haste to see the things that had happened and that the Lord had made known to them. They went to Christ in faith, believing. Believing in what the angels had told them. And have we done that? Have we gone in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ, believing in His finished work. Now, we have had the blessing of a number of births within our congregation over this past year, and we look forward to a number of births in this coming year. And that is a great, great time within a church family and great time within your families as you've celebrated these births and the wonder of being able to hold a child. A newborn child is an amazing thing. It's an incredible thing. 
It changes you. And I've seen men who are big and strong and burly and tough holding a baby and it melts their hearts because there's just something about a newborn baby and seeing that newborn baby. It is an exciting thing, an exciting time and it's an amazing blessing to hold the child unless you are insane like Herod who wanted to kill the children. Or unless you are like the religious leaders who knew about the coming Messiah that he had been foretold and prophesied about. They knew the prophecies. They'd heard about Jesus. And they wouldn't go 10 kilometers from Jerusalem to Bethlehem just to check it out. Just to make sure. Can you imagine being so hard-hearted to not go 10 kilometers to see what is taking place around them, to see all of these witnesses speaking, to see the Old Testament Scriptures prophesying, to hear the words that the Messiah had come, and to not even go and investigate the hard-heartedness of the religious leaders. God had interrupted the lives of Herod and the religious leaders, and they were cold-hearted in response. Are we cold-hearted in our response to the Lord when we see the greatness and the glory of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and His life that He lived on our behalf to save us from our sins and yet we turn away and stiff-arm that grace? God interrupted the shepherds in their work and they didn't shrug it off. They didn't say, no, I'm too busy. I'll get to it next week or, or when I'm on vacation or whatever the case is. They went in haste. They went in haste to worship the newborn king. And the shepherds believed the good news of great joy, verse 20, and returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They returned rejoicing. And I don't know where you've come from tonight, but wherever you return to, I hope that is your response as well, that you will rejoice in the king who has come to save his people from their sins. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for these words, these narratives that sometimes are so familiar and yet they are so profound and so deep. And we thank you, O God, that you save sinners like me, save sinners like us. And we thank you, O God, that you save us from a life of meaninglessness and give us purpose and usefulness in this world for your glory's sake. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.